We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. go episode 671 of the Al Galdi podcast it is Thursday October 5th 2023 it is a commander's game day although it is a game day on which we must wait until the night for the actual game two and two commanders versus the 0-4 Chicago Bears at a sold out FedEx field on Thursday night football at 8:15. you know Washington with Ron Rivera as head coach is a sparkling Five and two in regular season night games. Say what you want about Ron. Say what you want about our guy, Don Ron. But the nighttime has been the right time for him as Washington head coach. Hello and welcome to this Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, a Commander's pregame show installment of the pod. This is a loaded show. Next segment, uh, we'll go in depth on the Commander's with Commander's insider Ben Standig of The Athletic. Uh, We will talk about the bigger picture with a commander's defense that uh, certainly could turn out to be very good this season, but uh, right now is not very good. Uh, We will talk about what's going on with the commander's last two first round picks, neither of whom is having a great season so far. Corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr. and receiver Jahan Dodson. We will talk a good bit about quarterback Sam Howell of his oh-so-nice bounce-back performance in the 34-31 overtime loss at the Philadelphia Eagles this past Sunday afternoon. We will talk about what a win over the Bears on Thursday night might mean for the job security of head coach Rod Rivera. A 3-2 and two record would be Washington's best five-game start to a regular season since 2018. So lots of good stuff with Ben Standing. And then we will go behind enemy lines with Zach Pearson, Bears insider for BearReport.com, co-host of the Bear Report podcast. Uh, the Bears are a mess, as you may know. Uh, Zach will explain how and why. Uh, will give us good insight on quarterback Justin Fields and will tell us where and how the Bears' woeful defense has most struggled. Washington has not scored at least 30 points in each of at least two consecutive regular season games since November 2017. That could change on Thursday night. Uh, And then after our two guests, I will present to you my rhyming keys for a commander's win over the Bears. Keys to a commander's victory 
in rhyming fashion, uh, and I'll give you my prediction for the game. Uh, the opponent for the Orioles in their best of five American League Division series is set. The Texas Rangers, who on Wednesday completed a two-game sweep of the Tampa Bay Rays in a best of three wildcard series. 7-1 the final. Uh, this off a 4 nothing win on Tuesday. So here you have the Rays, who during the 2023 regular season won 99 games. Second best win total in the American League. Second only to the Orioles' 101 wins. And just like that, the Rays' season is over. Outscored 11-1 and getting swept in two games by the Rangers in a best-of-three wildcard series. Game one for the O's against the Rangers is at Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday afternoon at 1. Hours before a Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks concert at M&T Bank Stadium on Saturday night at 7. There had been concern about parking, uh, given that Camden Yards and M&T are so close together, but uh, we will have some separation between the two events. Uh, O's manager Brandon Hyde in a session with reporters on Wednesday afternoon did not name a starting pitcher for the O's in ALDS Game 1, but uh, basically everyone on the planet expects that person to be Kyle Bradish. Uh, I will have a lot more on the O's on Friday's show, episode 672, during which I'll be joined by Orioles and MLB writer Dan Connolly of Sports Not. Dot com. Uh, Dan has covered the O's for years. He knows the team exceptionally well. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from James regarding our conversation on Wednesday's show, episode 670, on the lack of impact so far from the Commander's 2023 NFL draft class, especially second round defensive back Quan Martin, who has not played on a single defensive snap this regular season. He, for the 35-33 win at the Denver Broncos in week two, was inactive due to a concussion, but he, in each of the commander's other three games this regular season, has not played on a single defensive snap. Writes James, I saw a stat where Osiris and DeWand have not given up a sack this season. Two of just three rookies to do this with over 100 pass pro snaps. Talk about missing impactful players who might be helping Sam Howell, stay upright. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, James. Yeah, so the stat is this. There are three rookie offensive linemen who this regular season for Pro Football Focus have each played on at least 100 pass-blocking snaps, but not allowed a sack. Those three offensive linemen are Buffalo Bills right guard Osiris Torrance, who the Bills took in the second round, pick number 59 overall. The Commanders took Quan Martin with the number 47 overall pick. Cleveland Browns right tackle Dewan Jones, who the Browns took in the fourth round. And Houston Texans center Jarrett Patterson, not the former Commanders running back, another Jarrett Patterson, uh, who the Texans took in the sixth round. I am not going to go crazy over the Quan Martin thing. It just is so early to be declaring anything about guys taken in the 2023 draft. But yes, as time goes on, if Quan Martin does not do much, and if multiple offensive linemen taken after him do do a lot, uh, then ripping the commanders for taking Quan will be fair, especially a guy in Osiris Torrance who, like Quan, was taken in the second round. Dewan Jones, fourth round. Jarrett Patterson, sixth round. Every NFL team passed on taking those guys at least three times. Osiris Torrance, that's a more fair criticism if he continues to do well and if 
Quan Morton continues to not do much. Uh, oh, by the way, the Commander's offensive line win rate metrics per ESPN and the NFL's next-gen stats for this regular season through week four, uh, just 23rd in the NFL in pass block win rate and just 20th in the NFL in run block win rate. The advanced stats are starting to match the eye test. Uh, not <laughs> very good. Not very good. That is correct, Coach Spurrier. Not very good. Uh, tweet from Steven on something having to do with Commander's Assistant Head Coach slash Offensive Coordinator Eric Bienemy. Right, Steven? I appreciate that you on your pod discuss small but important details. Here's one. EB never covers his mouth on play calls, yet the camera is on him a lot catching him speaking. Fox, on the first play of overtime in the loss at the Eagles, did a long close-up of EB calling that play. Then the run was easily stuffed. Uh, thank you for the tweet, Stephen. Interesting topic. So, in theory, Eric Bieniemy not covering his mouth for a play call, leading to an opposing team knowing what the play call is, would require the opposing team to A, have someone who can read lips quickly and accurately, B, communicate what was lip-read to someone on the opposing team sideline or in a coaching booth for the opposing team very quickly. C, have that play then quickly relayed to an opposing team's player on the field. And D, have the opposing team player to whom the play was communicated then communicate the play to the other 10 opposing team players on the field. And all of this assumes that what was initially lip-read from Eric Bieniemy can be properly translated. In other words, there is the play call, and then there is what the play call means. Look, I'm not saying that all of this is impossible, and the Eagles are considered to be the most forward-thinking, analytically inclined organization in the NFL. So if any team was going to pull this off, that team just might be the Eagles. But (laughs) there is a lot that would have to go right for a team to be able to pull this off. Well, something that most definitely can be pulled off is having a great and profitable experience with Underdog Fantasy. Uh, This NFL season, I'm partnering with Underdog Fantasy, uh, making fantasy football picks for Commander's games in terms of Underdog Fantasy's uh, higher lower totals for each game. Underdog Fantasy is great. It is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and take advantage of the special offer for listeners of this podcast. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $500 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $500, you get $500 for free. Free money. Uh, so here are my picks for Commander's Bears. I'm playing two higher lower totals. Uh, the rushing yardage total for Commander's quarterback Sam Howell is 13 and a half. I, for a third consecutive week, am going to ride going higher on the Sam Howell rushing yardage total. I've won with this the last two weeks. So let's make it three weeks in a row. Sam, in the overtime loss at the Eagles this past Sunday afternoon, had six carries for 40 yards. I like Sam against the Bears to go higher than 13 and a half rushing yards. And how about this? The total yardage total for Bears quarterback Justin Fields is 0.5. <laughs> yeah, you heard that right. 
five. Underdog fantasy basically is handing you free money. Take Justin Fields to have higher than 0.5 total yards and take the easy money. Now is the perfect time to sign up with Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code GALDI, G-A-L-D-I, and accept with open arms this free money. Again, higher lower total for total yardage for Justin Fields for Thursday night is 0.5. My plays, Sam Howell, higher than 14 and a half rushing yards, and Justin Fields, higher than 0.5 total yards. And all of this is through underdog fantasy. I'm making fantasy football picks for each commander's game. You can join me via a great deal. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog fantasy app. And if you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, underdog fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $500 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So if you deposit $500, you get $500 for free. That's underdog fantasy Promo code GALDI. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, few things in life go together as well as pizza and an NFL game day. Make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before NFL games. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave. Kind of like picking players for your fantasy team only with Little Caesars Pizza, you never lose. And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour of the week. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before NFL games. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. I almost don't even want to say this out loud, but the Commanders continue to be really healthy in this 2023 regular season. Knock on wood, praise the football gods, but the team's final injury report for this game against the Chicago Bears at FedEx Field on Thursday Night Football at 8.15 featured one Commanders player with any sort of injury designation. Running back Chris Rodriguez Jr. is questionable. Uh, He is dealing with or is at least coming off of an illness that 
had him inactive for the 34-31 overtime loss at the Philadelphia Eagles this past Sunday afternoon. So note, one commander's player with any sort of injury designation, and the injury is illness. Uh, Otherwise, every player on the commander's active roster is good to go for this game. Meantime, two key defensive backs for the Bears are out for Thursday night due to injury. Safety, Eddie Jackson and corner Jalen Johnson. Uh, Also out for the Bears is receiver Chase Claypool, who has been told to stay away from the team. Well, someone who I would never tell to stay away from this podcast is the man who joins me now, Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic. Uh, ben and I, this Commander season, have an arrangement at Alliance by which we are appearing on each other's podcast. So one week is on my podcast, the next week I'm on his podcast. Ben does an awesome job covering the Commanders. He's the host of the Standing Room Only podcast, and you can follow him on Twitter at Ben Standing. Hey, Ben, how are you? Yes, uh, Al, I'm doing well. Uh, it's always a pleasure to, to chat weekly with you. Um, doing all right. Doing all right. You know, it's, um, yeah, this is one of those, when, when you have the short week, a lot to get to. I'd like to actually begin by talking with you about the commander's defense, which, of course, has been a big topic this week of the team having allowed at least 33 points in each of its last three games. Uh, you on Tuesday morning came out with a piece headline, quote, commanders need more from their defense to have successful season, end quote. I think that we would all agree with that. Uh, what's so frustrating for so many fans is how much the team over two player personnel regimes has invested in the defense. Washington has spent a first-round pick on a defensive player in six of the last seven NFL drafts. And if you go by the data on overthecap.com, three of the top four and four of the top six salary cap hits on the commander's this season are four defensive players. We all know the deal with the current NFL. It is an offensive league in which defenses so often are at the mercy of opposing quarterbacks. Do you think that we're going to look back on the team having invested so much on defense in a time in which the NFL became an offensive league like never before as a major mistake? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a, a good question. You know, you'd have to go back and see, I guess, to some to some extent, what were the other realistic options. I think the thing that's bizarre about it is, like, you know, we'll, we'll see what Emmanuel Forbes four games to disagree. We'll see where he goes, and and Jamin Davis, like to some degree, the same thing, but you know, a little more history there. But with the defensive linemen. You know, by and large, they've all been pretty good. I mean, Chase Young's situation has been up and down because of the injuries. But, like, it's not like we'd, anybody would say, like, well, John Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, those were mistakes. I think the thing is, that, like you're saying, it's not even just that they drafted defense over offense over and over again, but they did it all at the same position, you know, or the same unit, I should say. And I still go back to when they took Deron Payne, who, look, was there, you know, was a pro bowler last year, led the team in, in uh, sacks. He's also a really good year this year. But when you drafted him on top of drafting Allen, I always wondered about that one in particular because, you know, it's important to have that, that position, of course, but, you know, it's not edge. And to have two guys, you know, eventually you kind of have to look ahead. You're going to spend money on that spot as they did. Um, so that that's the part, like, connecting it to where they're at. It's like they – they need more on offense in this era, like you said, and then they just went so hard in one spot on defense that 
you know, it, it's not balanced out throughout the throughout the group. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, to your point, did they? Will we look at it as did they spend too much on defense in this era of high power offenses? It's possible, but you know, we probably wouldn't care as much if the defense was lights out, which it is at moments, but not enough. Yeah, and you made that point well in the piece. So with corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr. There, to me, are two levels to what's happening with him. There is his bad performance in the overtime loss at the Eagles. Forbes in that game for Pro Football Focus was targeted 13 times and gave up nine catches for 197 yards. But there's also the way that head coach Ron Rivera has been talking about Forbes. Ron, in his post-practice press conference, now two Wednesday afternoons ago, said that Forbes needed to, quote, continue to work on his technique and really be even better with it, end quote. And then Ron, in his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon, unprompted, brought up Forbes having struggled in the game and said, quote, he needs to understand how important it is to do his job the way it's being coached, end quote. Is there more going on with Forbes than we're being told? Or is this just a rookie trying to find his way in the NFL? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure yet. I mean, you know, like every once in a while, like, you know, like, a, like last year with Jamin Davis at the start of the year, Rivera and Del Rio were both pretty aggressive and in, in sort of calling him out um, because, and then, you know, it became apparent that they just thought that he could, you know, from his his uh, background or, you know, military family, things like that, that they thought he could sort of handle that. And I think to some degree that proves accurate. So maybe there's something in Forbes's makeup, demeanor. He seems like, I won't say he's like cocky per se, but he's definitely confident for sure. Um, you know, that was part of what was going on the other night with him and AJ Brown. There was a lot of talking going on. Um, so maybe there's something to that. I don't think necessarily that I'm aware of like anything, you know, concerning about the person, uh, or anything along those lines. I just think it's, they're trying to figure out ways to get at him. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, in the story that I, that, that I had, you know, obviously we know how, how poor the performance was. But according to Pro Football Focus, they assigned nine catches on 13 targets for 193 yards and the two touchdowns. You have to go back to 2016 to find another cornerback who was assigned that many, gave up that many yards per PFF in a single game. Ironically, that player also played for Rob Rivera back in Carolina. Uh, and no player over the last two years has been targeted or since the start of 22 has been targeted as much um, as Forbes was in that, in that game. So clearly he's not off to a great start. I mean, you know, like with, like with this team in general, there are moments where you're like, Oh, okay. I totally get it. You know, he, he's, he's pretty, his instincts to get to the ball are pretty good. He's obviously got that length. We know about his ability to, uh, you know, anticipate with the interceptions and he's got one this year. But he's definitely getting burned on double moves. There's, uh, you know, his run defense has been a bit spotty, which is questionable for a guy who weighs 166 or 173 pounds or whatever the, the official number is. So, uh, you know, there, there's definitely some questions, but you know, they're going to have to just, uh, you know, work through it. And hopefully, it you know, works out for everybody. Well, you would think that the commander's defense on Thursday night has a chance to have a very nice game, given how bad the Bears' offense has been. This season, although quarterback Justin Fields is coming off a nice game in the Bears' last game 
the 31-28 home loss to the Denver Broncos this past Sunday afternoon in a game in which the Bears blew a 28-7 third quarter lead. But as you know, there was a good bit of talk of Washington potentially trading up from the number 19 overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft to take fields. It ended up that the Bears traded up from the number 20 overall pick to the number 11 overall pick to take fields. What is the truth about how much Washington liked fields going into that 2021 draft? Um, I don't know. I've heard you know, sort of mixed stories. I have heard notion that they, you know, that they did like him, but I don't know if it was like, you know, desperately trying to move up or anything like that. I, I really didn't get much sense that that was going to be the case. But, you know, I would say when you go back and look at, do we talk, you know, you talked before about, you know, when we look back and think that they um, spent too much assets on defense in this era of high-powered offense, you know, I, I think that that draft is going to be one perhaps, unless maybe Sam Howell makes this a moot point, but was that an opportunity to get a quarterback? You know, a seven and nine record that they finished with, right? Seven and nine? Uh, that, that they finished with to win the division should not be winning a division. It should be getting you around like the 10th or 11th pick. And if they had had that, they would have been in position probably to take, to take Justin Fields should they have wanted that. And, you know, look, obviously, I'm not the biggest Fields fan. I, he's got to be a lot better throwing the ball in the pocket, presence, things like that than I've seen. But, okay, obviously there's a lot to work with. Who knows what happens here if they if they bring him here. But, like, that, you know, that's been the, 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 the big issue and why they've had to go to the Ryan Fitzpatrick's and the Carson Wentz's or even this year, you know, take the total flyer on a fifth-round pick and then bring in a Jacoby Brissett because they they have been sort of stuck in the middle. Uh, and and, and uh, I think Fields is, like, you know, a good example. Like, I don't know what he's going to be, and the Bears fans might be over it, but at the same time, at least there was hope. And, you know, that's something they really haven't had here other than perhaps whatever Sam Howell is, is giving everybody right now. And as I talked about on Wednesday's show, episode 670, I don't think that there are many Commanders fans who right now would rather have Justin Fields as a team's QB1 over Sam Howell. Uh, much more on Sam with Ben standing in moments. Sam's bounce back performance in the overtime loss at the Eagles this past Sunday afternoon was very good. Not very good is what's happening with home and auto insurance right now. Are you not happy with what you're paying for home and auto insurance? If the answer is yes, know that you're not alone. Uh, We're routinely seeing 20% increases in home and auto insurance, even when the account is clean, meaning no accidents or violations on the auto insurance and no claims on the property insurance. And that's why you should get with BMC Insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a loyal listener of this podcast. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance, it offers home insurance, auto insurance, and also small business insurance in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. BMC Insurance is an independent insurance agency, meaning that it has many, as in dozens, of insurance carriers it works with to make sure that clients are always paying competitive rates. What's especially great about BMC Insurance is that it has relationships with its clients. BMC Insurance is a trusted advisor for your insurance needs. Uh, BMC Insurance continues to work with clients after sales. It has team members who actually shop clients' insurance every year when they renew. Uh, and BMC Insurance does this proactively so that you don't have to. BMC Insurance will save you time and money. And 
Perhaps most telling, BMC Insurance's client retention rates historically are much higher than industry averages. You see, when people get BMC Insurance, they stay with BMC Insurance. Don't get gouged on your home and auto insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. Talk to my guy, Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, And BMC Insurance does offer small business insurance. So if you're looking for general liability, workers' comp, or commercial auto insurance, BMC Insurance can help. Visit insurancebmc.com. That's insurancebmc.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. More now with Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic. So Sam Howell, tremendous bounce back performance in the overtime loss at the Eagles off his uh, hideous performance in the 37-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field in week three. Were you surprised by how well Sam played last Sunday afternoon, given not just what he was coming off of, but also the quality of the opponent uh, and given the hostile road environment? Yeah, I mean... I'd be lying to say, you know, you're convinced that that's going to happen. But, you know, one of the things we've learned, we learned really early on this calendar year about Sam Howell is his composure as a person and as a football player, he really doesn't seem to get rattled. He's, you know, hot, you know, up or down. He doesn't seem to change his demeanor. And I think that is so crucial, you know, when you know, when you're talking about that position, because obviously there's going to be bad days. Even, you know, the best quarterbacks have days that are just like, what the heck was that? And so to that end, I did, I thought he would come out competitive and, you know, not be afraid of the moment that wouldn't, we wouldn't be looking at somebody thinking, oh no, well, what, you know, what have I done? But at the same time, the offense, I just think was better than maybe I would have thought. And I guess give credit to Eric Bieniemy. For that, I thought they did a look. I think this this was the first game where their run pass balance in the first half seemed to be much more in line with what their strengths are and, and dealing with a quarterback who was only going to be making a fifth start. So I think that to me helped the bat out as much about as anything. Um, the offensive line wasn't great, but they were better than I than they were I thought uh, in in the uh, first three games. So you know I think all that helps to benefit Hal, but like I said, I, you know, I, I just think he's got that really good baseline of being composed plus with the big arm and the mobility. And now it's just a matter of helping him, uh, succeed. And I think they, you know, between the play calling and some of the people around him, I think they, uh, they helped him do that. Going back to last week, Ron Rivera in his press conference on September 25th, the day after that loss to the Bills opened up about this commander season being about developing Sam Howell in a way that Ron had not opened up previously. Uh, and then assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, he in his pre-practice press conference last Thursday afternoon said regarding calling so many passing plays, quote, I got a young quarterback. I want to make sure that young quarterback understands he has a coaching staff that has great confidence and belief and faith in him End quote. I like that Ron and Eric are seemingly going all in on developing Sam, but what do you think of that approach? And what do you think of how open Ron and Eric were about this approach? Yeah, I mean, last week after the uh, Buffalo disaster, I wrote, I guess you could say it was a column, because you could already start to hear, you know, I listen to the radio or social media or whatever, and you start to hear, hey, uh, you know, at what point, you know, do you think they should maybe consider putting in Jacoby Brissett or whatever. And I wrote like, no, no, 
that that is insane. You they they brought in Jacoby Brissett to make sure that Sam Howell didn't vomit all over himself throughout the training camp and things like that. That and now he's come into the games and shown he can play. Obviously, it's more. Uh, it's easier to say that now for sure after this past week, but the first two games we saw a guy who was looked like a legit quarterback, maybe not starter, maybe it's a Taylor Heineke level, but you know, whatever, a guy that could be in this league. That is enough for me to say this guy needs to go forward with Sam Howell almost no matter what, because this, as I was just discussing, they've got to get out of the NFL middle. Right, they have been. They have had seven or eight wins. I think in like six of the last seven years. It feels worse because of all the Snyder stuff. But they've been stuck in the middle. They have to get out of there. That that's no good. So either Sam Howell swims and he gives you a quarterback, or he sinks and you get a top five or ten pick. And so to all that extent, you know, helping groom Sam Howell absolutely is the way to go. Now I don't know why they necessarily. Eat. He said kind of some of the things that they said. You know, I I don't know if I took it as as uh, positioning the season as building up how as much as others, but it's obviously that he did. They did, did say some of those things. Um, I, I think it's also maybe the smart move to make with regards to Josh Harris. I wrote about this as well. Like we all keep saying, you got to win to stay, and that's probably true, right? But the other way is developing Sam Howell above all because if you if it looks like you have a guy and you develop them and all this stuff I think that's you know for a coach like or for an owner like Josh Harris I think that's going to be viewed as a positive versus saying well we have to win X amount of games or try to make the playoffs therefore let's go to Jacoby Brissett who gives us a better chance Jacoby Brissett has the higher floor but how the ceiling so it makes sense to me and like I said I would I mean I I, I said I wrote to the point if there's a team out there that's in desperate need of a quarterback, you know, whoever you want to point to at some point, I would, if they're not calling me for percent, I'm calling them because I know I need to avoid any temptation to go to him. This season to me should only be about developing Sam Howe, even if it means you, you ultimately lose more games than you win because you've got to get out of the middle and you need to see what this kid has. I'm totally with you on that. Uh, interesting, though, that you did not take those comments from Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy last week as I took those comments. How did you take those comments? Um, well, I guess my thing is, like, it goes back to the very beginning, right? Like, like for, like, this, well, let's just look at Eric Bieniemy. Like, of course, it's developing Sam, but, like, you wouldn't be throwing the ball as much as he was in the first three games, I wouldn't think, if that was the case. I know they said, or Rivera said, Part of the throwing the ball a lot was to help build up Sam Howell's, um, you know, sort of get him maximum reps to, to help him uh, develop. And, and there's something to that, but I don't know. It felt to me more like, hey, this is my game plan. I'm not alternating. I, I'm not uh, adjusting it for a kid. I would because this is my shot, meaning the enemy, to get this done. But you know, look at the end of the day, they they, they say over and over again correctly. That Sam is a young quarterback and he's learning, and that that needs to be noted. Um, I, I also, I guess, in the case of Rivera, he, as we've seen before, he's not necessarily the most reliable narrator at times. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, I still to this day, did last year, did he know Sam Howell was had this in him, or did he not know Sam Howell had it in him? Depending on which article you read or, or, or podcast you heard, or whatever, you might get a different view. So, uh, all that is to say that I. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know, but obviously, 
everybody recognizes how the young guy who's got to develop, and you know that that, that has to happen, whether that's above the wins and losses uh, or not. Receiver Jahan Dotson. Uh, he and the overtime loss at the Eagles, of course, said the great leaping 10-yard touchdown reception as time expired in regulation. But he also had that brutal drop on a third down in the third quarter. He, over four games this regular season, has just 14 receptions. Uh, I know that you know about this, but uh, the NFL's next-gen stats has a stat called average separation. It is the distance between a receiver or tight end and the nearest defender at the time of a target. Uh, Jahan, for this regular season, ranks near the bottom of the NFL in average separation, 2.3. What do you make of the season that Jahan is having so far? Yeah, you know, sort of in the context of everything else, like you sort of have to, to some degree, grade the offense on a curve with new quarterback, new OC, reshuffled offensive line, and obviously they they were you know slow to an extent out of the gate. But yeah, so one thing I've always kind of wondered. I mean, look, obviously Jahan and and Terry McLaurin are excellent receivers, but I always feel like in a very broad level they're sort of in the same bucket. They're the guys who are. You know, they're obviously fast, you know, or you and I aren't going to beat them in a race or anything. But, like, they're not, like, you know, they don't have the track speed the way, like, say, the Dolphins guys do. They're also not the tallest guys. You know, they're they're, they're really good players, but you're not necessarily going, well, we, we can't in any way, shape, or form let this guy uh, beat us. And, not, and, and I just sort of, sort of wonder, are they the right complementary pieces for each other? Again, they're both really good. I'm not. Not yeah, they're they're fine. But like, would it be better off if one guy was, you know, a a, a big monster tall guy, or one guy was a, a legit like oh like Deshaun Jackson type, you know, something like that. So I I, I sort of wonder how that goes. And, and then like, you know, Eric Bieniemy, you know, we heard you know Jay Gruden and others after the Buffalo game sort of question kind of the spacing of the receivers. Um, you know, I think it was a little bit better this week. So, I don't know. I mean, I think Dotson's been fine. I guess you could say last year he had the touchdowns, but he really didn't have a ton of receptions. And again, this was, uh, you know, a quarterback situation that was fairly dicey. It's still a little bit dicey now, even if we have some hope for Sam Howell. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with Dotson, but yes, obviously it's, it's not been exactly where you want it to be. Uh, when you have, you know, a first round pick and a guy making a ton of money in Terry. Um, for sure. Final question. Regarding the overarching storyline to this commander season of Ron Rivera's job security given the new ownership in the Josh Harris group, if the commanders do beat the Bears on Thursday night to get to three and two, uh, which is a five game start to this regular season that I think most commanders fans would have signed up for going into the season, does that three and two start by Ron by ample cushion? regarding making it through this season as the team's head coach? Barring the extreme, like they lose six in a row or there's a player revolt or whatever, I really, I'm of the opinion that Rivera makes it through the season. I don't really see a scenario where he's going to get fired. I just think that provides too many complications for the new ownership group. I mean, you know, if we take them at their word, they're still learning you know, the NFL landscape, which makes complete sense. They've, they've discussed that. They've talked about that. Their actions to this point seem to mirror that. Uh, if you fire Rivera, then what? You know, logically, I think Jack Del Rio would be the interim head coach. He has been an NFL head coach multiple times. But are you really going to not give it to the enemy who, one, has the associate 
head coach title, and then two, or the assistant head coach title, and then two, obviously, there would be a clamoring for that in the public square. I just think that would cause, you know, you know more, you know, discussion that for, for, for no reason. And, you know, I, I think one thing you can say about Rivera's teams here, they have played hard. Like, that was one reason why I wasn't that surprised that they played as competitive as they did against Philly, despite the Buffalo loss, because that's what his team seemed to do. So unless there's like some dramatic drop in, you know, competitiveness, focus or or whatever, I I guess I would just be surprised if he were to be uh, let go this year, you know, barring against a crazy injury or something or something about crazy losing streak or something like that. Yeah, I think that that makes total sense. Uh, Commander's insider Ben Standing of The Athletic. Uh, Ben, thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you next week. Al, always a pleasure. Look forward to yeah, chatting with you, uh, possibly about a three and two football team. What a world. <laughs> yeah, what a world is right. A world that includes Nova, Fireplace, and Stove. If you live in Northern Virginia and you need Fireplace, Stove, or Chimney Work done, you got to go with Nova, Fireplace, and Stove. Nova Fireplace and Stove is outstanding. It handles gas fireplace sales service and installation, handles gas, electric, and wood stoves, and handles chimney cleaning and repair. If you live in Northern Virginia, stay warm and upgrade the feel and value of your home with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive $25 off any service or receive a free vent kit on any in-stock gas insert. Nova Fireplace and Stove, it has been around for more than 20 years. It is run by massive Commanders fans, and it has outstanding professionals. Whatever the work that you need done requires, Nova Fireplace and Stove has. Master gas fitter, master electrician, class A contractor, licensed chimney inspector. And because of this, Nova Fireplace and Stove can complete your project without the need for any subcontractors. And Nova Fireplace and Stove can pull all of the necessary county permits for the work that is being done. Additionally, Nova Fireplace and Stove can perform fireplace and chimney safety inspections. See for yourself the work that Nova Fireplace and Stove can do. It has a showroom in Woodbridge, Virginia, and has a terrific website, Nova fireplaceandstove.com and take advantage of the special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive $25 off any service or receive a free vent kit on any in-stock gas insert. Join the Nova Fireplace and Stove family and experience the fireplace service and care that you deserve. Call 571-513-3803. That's 571-513-3803. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you.
Well, please consider following this podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of this podcast. The 2-2 two two Commanders versus the 0-4 Chicago Bears at FedEx Field Thursday night at 8-15. What a 2023 regular season this has been for the Bears already. Uh, like I said, they are 0-4. They're coming off a 31-28 home loss to the Denver Broncos this past Sunday afternoon in a game in which the Bears blew a 28-7 third quarter lead. This is season number three for the Bears with quarterback Justin Fields, who the team traded up to take with the number 11 overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Fields is coming off a big game in that loss to the Broncos, but he, during a press conference on September 20th, suggested that, quote, coaching, end quote, was a potential reason for his, quote, robotic, end quote, play, and him not, quote, playing like myself, end quote. Uh, The Bears head coach is Matt Eberflus, who has primarily a defensive background. His previous job was Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator. His regular season record as Bears head coach is 3-18. Speaking of Bears coaches, Alan Williams, he on September 20th abruptly and mysteriously resigned as Bears defensive coordinator, ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter on September 24th reported that Williams resigned, quote, in part because of inappropriate activity, end quote. We also have this situation with receiver Chase Claypool, who is being kept away from the team due to being a malcontent. Uh, A lot to take in with the Bears right now. I'm very pleased to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast, Zach Pearson, Bears Insider for BearReport.com, co-host of the Bear Report podcast. You can follow Zach on Twitter at Zach underscore Pearson, and that's Z-A-C-K underscore P-E-A-R-S-O-N. Hey, Zach, how are you? Yeah, thanks. I'm doing good. Um, It's been a while. I think it was was around a year ago last year at this time, the Bears and Commanders were getting set to face off, and um, totally different um, scenario for the Bears. Um, last season, we kind of knew, you know, all right, um, at this point, they're going to try and maybe lose as many games as they want, or the plan is to kind of build through the draft. And now, you know, they got the number one pick, they traded it. Um, they're 0 4 and has not gone how they've wanted it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a totally different franchise right now. And it's kind of one that's, you know, in disarray and, and kind of going the wrong way. Yeah, and that is something that we have been able to say about Washington many times in recent years. Justin Fields, there actually was a good bit of talk here in the Washington, D.C. area of Washington potentially trading up to take Fields in the 2021 NFL Draft. It, of course, was the Bears who ended up trading up to take Fields. We last month had the cryptic comments that he made regarding coaching. We, this past Sunday afternoon, though, did have him playing well in that loss to the Broncos, 28-35 for 335 yards four touchdowns and an interception. Did take four sacks, including a fourth quarter sack strip loss fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Uh, Had four carries for 25 yards. What is your assessment of where Fields is at as a quarterback? Yeah, you know, going into this season, the biggest thing was he had to become a better passer. Um, We knew what he could do with his legs and we knew, um, you know, he could make big plays at times. It just wasn't consistent. Um, that's, that's pretty much still the case. I mean, the one game here against Denver was his best game as a passer, I think, in his entire career, and they pretty much wasted it. Um, you know, week one, when they came out against the Packers and were flat, 
you could kind of tell like they, they, there was something up with the game plan. Something was wrong. And then, you know, last week Fields actually even admitted in the media, he said that the Bears told him to focus more on staying in the pocket and becoming a pocket passer. Um, that's tough. I, I, I'm never in favor of telling a player to get rid of your best skill set to try and do something else. Um, so, yeah, you know, right now, Fields, to me, still unproven. Um, you know, there's 13 games to go in the season. The Bears are going to have a big decision to make, um, you know, with the fifth-year option. They could also hold the number one pick. I think as right now as we're going into week five, um, you know, myself, I think the Bears, uh, media, the regime, um, the, the brass there, they need to see more from, from Justin Fields. And I think last week was a good start despite him and the turnovers, uh, but he's just he's got to do this consistently. You know, he has to be a, a better passer consistently while also still using his legs at times. So still a lot of work to be done, and he's got to do it against better defenses. Like you said, Denver's defense is – is really, really bad. So I think this week against Washington, a, a good defense, um, that'll be a good test for him and another chance for him to prove that, hey, maybe I am the guy here in Chicago. What are Justin Fields' biggest problems as a passer? Yeah, um, I, you know, for me, I think it's just kind of like not being consistently accurate. Um, and that's, you know, all three levels of the field. Looking at him in Ohio State, he, he was an accurate deep thrower. He was accurate in the middle. He was accurate short. Um, in the NFL, he's just he just struggled with that consistency. Um, you know, you look at, and you look at some of his tape, and, and some of the throws are, are, are sailing out of bounds. Um, some of the throws are just are just not there. Short, intermediate, middle. Um, so he, he's got to get better in my eyes as, you know, with his accuracy overall and just consistent play. Like when it, when it goes downhill for him in the passing game, it goes downhill one or two mistakes and it's snowballing downhill. And, um, you know, we saw that against Denver and we've seen that plenty of times in his career as well. Has the bears offensive line been as bad as a lot of people are saying? Um, yes and no, it's hard because, um, you know, it's been four weeks and I believe they've had, now it is three or different combinations in those four weeks. So I guess to answer the question, you know, yes, it has been bad because there's been no consistency, um, but also at the same time, and they've had some bright spots. Like I really do think Braxton, um, you know, Braxton, Darnell Wright on the right side um, and right tackle has been fantastic in pass protection. The rookie they took um, in the first round in Tennessee um, he's probably been their biggest bright spot. Um, and then they're going to be getting Tevin Jenkins back soon, probably um, for Thursday's game. That's still going to be to be determined, but he's on track to play. So they've been better, I'd say, at times than last year, but at the same time, they're still kind of a mess, if that makes sense. The Bears' skill position players include two guys who we know a bit here in the Washington, D.C. area, receiver D.J. Moore, who went to Maryland, and running back Khalil Herbert, uh, who went to Virginia Tech. Moore was acquired from the Carolina Panthers via the big trade in March that landed the Panthers the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Uh, how are Moore and Herbert doing? Yeah, you know, Moore was the was the prize from trading that number one pick to, to Carolina and getting Justin Fields that, you know, that number one wide receiver. Off to a slow start. Last week was his best game. Finally got over 100 yards. Um, I think it's six or seven catches in that game. I think for him, you know, with the struggles of the offense, he kind of suffered in that. Um, you know, the Bears really didn't do a good job of game planning, getting him the football. 
So, uh, you know, it's not really all his fault. There's times where he's been open and Fields has missed him. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's more on the quarterbacks, more on the game plan. But, yeah, what we see, saw last week against Denver, I mean, that's the potential that DJ Moore has. He, he's, he's had a fantastic career so far with bad quarterbacks throwing to him. Um, and, and, you know, he had that big game against Broncos. But overall, it's been kind of a, a disappointment. And, again, you know, it's not his fault. I, I, I go back and watch the tape. He's open. Quarterback can't get him the ball. So I expect him to try, try and get him the ball again a little more on Thursday, include him more into the game plan. Um, in terms of Herbert, you know, he, he's working with Roshan Johnson, the rookie, right on his heels as running back number two. And um, I think Herbert's been fine this year. You know, I think there was a lot of pressure for him. You know, they, they got rid of David Montgomery, and he became the, the main guy in Chicago, um, and he was the main guy from the start. Now, the worry with Herbert is pass protection's not very good with him. Um, that was kind of the big thing all offseason the Bears harped on coaching harped on but he's worked he's worked hard to get better at it i think it's slowly improving um that'd be like the one critical area of his game and then you know the he's not a burner back um he's had a couple times this year where he's had a chance to to take one to the house but he's he's gotten tripped up or brought down by the last man um so that's kind of one area of his game that's a little um disappointing but overall i mean you know it hasn't been great but it hasn't been a terrible year for for phil herbert either The Bears' number one tight end is Cole Komet, uh, who interestingly is the nephew of the commander's defensive line coach, Jeff Scanina. Uh, What stands out to you about Komet? A lot of potential still. I don't think we've fully seen his potential unlocked. Um, You know, he kind of had a sluggish rookie year, got better in second year, third year. Um, You know, and really last year, that third year was kind of his breakout season. He's had slow start again this year until last week. Um, if you see, there's a common trend. <laughs> they, they broke out last week against Denver. Um, but yeah, no, he had two touchdowns, and, and the Bears view him. He, they, they did bring in Robert Tanyan, um, and they did bring in Mercedes Lewis, but Mercedes is more of a blocking tight end. So they still view Cole Komet as their top tight end. And they, they in the building, they believe he could be a top 10 tight end in this league. Um, you know, for me, I've seen that potential. I've also seen, you know, you know, he'll he'll be good for four to five straight games. He'll disappear for four to five straight games. So again, you know, with him, it's it's just consistency. But I think last week was a good start for him, and I think the way the offense wants to to, to roll now, and the way that Luke Getzey wants to call things, um, he should be more involved. Much more with Zach Pearson in moments. We are going to next get into what exactly the commanders on Thursday night can exploit with the Bears' not-so-good defense. But if you are a Commanders fan and you're on Instagram, make sure that you're following at WSH on the Daily. Uh, On the Daily just started in 2021 and yet has more than 23,000 followers. And on the Daily is literally daily. Uh, The page is updated every day. News, notes, reports, photos, graphics. Uh, This is a page that properly sources and vets its news and information. Doesn't just post anything that anyone says. On the Daily on Instagram is a great place at which you can converse with other Commanders fans regarding the team, the draft, free agency, and trades. On the Daily responds to every single DM. Uh, On the Daily is a page at which you can have fun. Lots of creativity with jersey swaps and unique graphics and the contest name that Redskin and 
free wallpaper Wednesday, which is when On The Daily gives out free wallpaper that you can use on your phone. Uh, And On The Daily always has a great, fresh look. If you're on Instagram, check out at WSH On The Daily and check out at WSH On The Daily's online shop, WSHOnTheDaily.com. WSHOnTheDaily.com. Some outstanding gear, shirts, hoodies, excellent material, uh, modern look. These are breathable and comfortable clothes, and they come with all kinds of looks. My personal favorite, a shirt that reads hashtag Howl 2023. Uh, For smart, informative, fun, and engaging Commander's content, check out at WSH on the Daily on Instagram. And for great merch, visit WSHOnTheDaily.com. We're talking Commander's Bears with Zach Pearson, Bears Insider for BearReport.com and co-host of the Bear Report podcast. The stats for the Bears defense for this regular season are horrendous, as you well know. Uh, what have been the biggest problems for the Bears defense? Yeah, everything. <laughs> um, you know, the main thing is just the defensive line is getting no push and no pressure at all. Two sacks on the season. I think there was a stat going into last week. There was like 57 players in the NFL alone that had more sacks than the Bears. Um, they, they're they just getting no push. You know, they brought in Yannick Ngakwe. He's got one sack. Um, he's gotten to the quarterback a couple times. Hasn't been able to bring him down. But when you have no push from your from your um, defensive line, your secondary is going to struggle. And your secondary is going to be asked to cover a lot. And your linebackers will be asked to cover a lot. And teams are seeing that. And quarterbacks have all day to throw. And they're just picking apart the defense. And, um, you know, the two linebackers they brought in, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, they, they struggle with tackling. They struggled with pass coverage. Um, they've been disappointing. They, you know, they've spent a lot of money to fix that area. Really, their best linebacker so far has been the undrafted Wisconsin kid last year, um, Jack Sanborn. And, and, you know, they're not paying him a lot of money. He's, he's outperforming um, Edwards and Edmonds in, in key areas. So, yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, when you run that cover two base scheme, you have to have a dominant nose tackle. You have to have a dominant pass rusher. They don't have that. Um, they don't even have, I mean, they don't even have anything close to like, um, playable pass rushers or, or three techniques like everyone is struggling and you know I, I know Washington's quarterback Sam Howell I'm familiar with him we watch him in North Carolina he does take a lot of sacks and you know I, I, I'd argue a lot of them are on him but I don't think he'll have that problem this, this week against the Bears defense because I, I I don't think the Bears are going to be able to get to him because it's been a consistent theme in the first four games just absolutely no pressure no sacks none of that stuff for them Yeah, before I ask you more about the Bears, I did want to get your take on quarterback Sam Howell, given that you do write about North Carolina football for Tar Heels Wire. Uh, Where are you on Sam? I love Sam in North Carolina. I love watching him. Um, I remember the day he flipped from Florida State to North Carolina when Mack Brown got there, and I knew that kid was was good. He started week one against South Carolina's freshman year and played fantastic. Um, You know, I, I... I think he had a great career at North Carolina. I think the rap on him coming out of the draft was a little unfair. Because his final year, he his offensive line was god awful. It was really, and he was forced to have to run and escape. I mean, he was having two two point five seconds to throw, sometimes less than that. And when that happens, and and, and there's no one open, you have to take off. So I, I think people 
and scouts didn't really see the passing ability on tape, which is funny because it was there. I mean, he, he was a really good passer in North Carolina. Um, you know, the consistency, accuracy at times struggled a little bit. Um, but from what I've seen from him at Washington, I've actually watched some Commanders games just because I, I like to root for Sam. Um, I thought he's played really well. Even going back to last year, um, week 18 against Dallas, you know, came in as a rookie and, and he made some mistakes. Um, I think he had the one interception. We also showed, yeah, I can get it down with my feet. I can get it down with my arm. And I think that's kind of what we're, you guys are seeing this year. And um, I actually went back and watched the tape on that Philadelphia game. And, man, he made some throws when he needed to at the end. <laughs> like yeah. that touchdown at the end. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I like Sam. I think I think the commanders have a starting quarterback. Um, you know, I don't like to use the term franchise as much because it's kind of hard to predict that. Um, but I, I think how this year will be fine. Um, and then I guess it depends on what you guys are going to do after that and how, how, you, how your record goes. But I, I think he's capable of, you know, of getting that team kind of on track. That's what we're hoping for. Uh, so back to the Bears. Things are a mess with the Bears, as you've outlined. Is the feeling in Chicago that both general manager Ryan Poles and head coach Matt Eberflus are going to get fired by the start of the 2024 offseason or not necessarily? Um, I, I think in my eyes, um, Ryan Poles is more safe than Matt Eberflus. Um, I do think the Matt Eberflus era is pretty much over unless, you know, there's, what let's say 13 games left in the season. I mean, he'd have to have a historic turnaround. They're 0-4. They'd have to get to the playoffs, win a playoff game at least. The team would have to show improvement. Um, I, I just think, you know, the Bears, you know, in their 103-year history have never fired a head coach in season. We've known a couple times, okay, this is it for a coach. They're going to let him play it out. I think that's going to be the case here. Um, I just I can't say that they're going to do it in season because I've never seen it. You know, I'm 34 years old. I've never seen them fire a coach in season. So until they do it, um, I, I can't say that. But I, being around this team, covering this team, it it felt like a funeral on Sunday um, in that locker room. It, it felt like guys lost a very very close NFC Championship game or lost a game to get to the playoffs. It was just a dejected locker room, um, you know, and, and I think it's, you know, Matt Eberflus is, is a nice guy. Um, I don't think he's cut out to be a head coach just yet. There's a lot, you know, the team has not improved. He's a defensive guy. He was brought in as a defense, from defense coordinator in Indianapolis. They've gotten worse on defense, historically bad on defense. Um, all 14 of their losses in a row, they've given up, I think it's like 25 or more points or 24 or more points. Um yeah, there's no improvement at all. And now you have, you know, the Chase Claypool situation, the head coach coming out saying one thing, Bears PR having to correct it and, and save face. It, it's it's a mess, dysfunction. That's the word I'd say is around this organization right now. And it's, I mean, it, you know, I, I usually, when I talk to players when I'm there, I, I ask them, you know, I asked them this week, is it a good thing that, that like, they're, they have a short week, you know, because you can kind of reset and, you know, get right back out in the field. And, you know, a lot of them said, yeah, but you can also kind of tell it's like, man, yeah, they have a chance to kind of turn things around here and get a win, but also they lose again. Oh boy. It, it, it's, it's going to snowball even more downhill. So yeah, just a lot of dysfunction here, but I, I would say Eberflus is probably gone at the end of this year. That's where it's trending. I think Poles is a little more safe. I think he's going to get one year and he's going to get 
the chance if they get the number one pick to pick his quarterback. Um, and, and I think that's kind of important to kind of note there. But yeah, I think polls would probably be a little more safer. Excellent insight on the Bears. Zach Pearson, Bears insider for BearReport.com, co-host of the Bear Report podcast. Zach, thanks a lot and all the best. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, and good luck Thursday. We'll talk again when the two teams play. Yeah, this is becoming an annual thing. Commanders Bears on Thursday Night Football in October. Well, you can always email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I on Wednesday morning got this email from Jim D. Writes, Jim, hope all is well with you and yours. Prior to the sellout announcement for Commanders Bears, I was looking at ticket prices for the game out of curiosity, and that curiosity quickly turned into intrigue because lo and behold, right there in section 452, row 12, was a ticket going for $36, including fees. That was it. Where did I find such a ticket? You guessed it, the Game Time app. <laughs> I'll be going to the game on Thursday night. All hail the Game Time app. All hail Al Galdi. Well, thank you very much for that email, Jim. Uh, no doubt the Game Time app is outstanding. This is no joke. The Game Time app gives you great deals on tickets to Commanders games, Capitals games, Wizards games, whatever you're looking for. Download the Game Time app and use the promo code ALGALDI. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the Game Time app. Game Time offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee. So you no longer have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about Game Time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Uh, I was just on Game Time looking at tickets for Commander's Games in the 2023 regular season. A lot of good deals, and the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting super easy. Game Time is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Game Time is the app for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game Time also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use this promo code, Al Galdi. You use that promo code, Al Galdi, you get $20 off your first purchase. Uh, terms do apply, but download the Game Time app, create that account, and use the promo code, Al Galdi, for $20 off your first purchase. What time is it? It's Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
Well, what is the only night game for the Commanders in the 2023 regular season, at least as of now, uh, is happening on Thursday night. I say at least as of now because a Commanders game later this regular season could get flexed to being a night game, but we have the 2-2 Commanders versus the 0-4 Chicago Bears at FedEx Field on Thursday night football at 8-15. Washington is 2-0 all-time in Thursday night regular season games against the Bears. December 6th, 2007, uh, the Redskins beat the Bears 24-16 at FedEx Field on Thursday night football, and October 13th, 2022, the Commanders won at the Bears 12-7 on Thursday night football. How do we get that record to three, and oh, my friends, it is that time, the time to rhyme. It is time for rhyming keys. My keys to a commander's victory in rhyming fashion. Now, always know, these rhymes, they are not meant to be good. They are not good, okay? These rhymes are only meant to make a few points. And in fact, I have a saying for this segment, the worse the rhyme the better. The time. It's counterintuitive, but trust me, it makes sense. And so here we go. Hardcore analysis combined with scheduled fun. Rhyming keys for a commander's win over the Bears on Thursday night football. How do the commanders win this game? We now rhyme the ways. Rhyming key number one. This is for commanders, assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Turn the passing game loose against this defense of Eberflus, <laughs> Bears head coach Matt Eberflus, uh, whose previous job was Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator. Uh, he is the Bears defensive play caller off Allen Williams on September 20th, resigning like out of nowhere as Bears defensive coordinator. The Bears for this regular season are 31st out of 32 NFL teams in total defense per DVOA, but The Bears' defense has been especially bad against the pass. Opposing teams against the Bears this regular season have a yards per pass attempt of 8.43 and 10 touchdown passes versus two interceptions. Take a listen to the total QBRs per ESPN that have been put up by quarterbacks against the Bears. QBR is on a scale of 0 to 100. Week 1, 38-20 home loss to the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love, total QBR of 70.5. Week 2, 27-17 loss at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield, total QBR of 71.3. Week 3, 41-10 loss at the Kansas City Chiefs. The great Patrick Mahomes, total QBR of 78.9. Week 4, 31-28 home loss to the Denver Broncos in a game in which the Bears blew. Gacked away a 28-7 third quarter lead. Russell Wilson, a total QBR of just 33.3. That is really low, but... Wilson in that game went 21 to 28 for 223 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. And two key defensive backs for the Bears are out for Thursday night due to injury. Safety Eddie Jackson and corner Jalen Johnson. The potential very much exists for the Commanders QB1. A guy named Sam Howell to do some serious damage on Thursday night. And the the Bears are like immune to generating sacks. The Bears over four games this regular season have totaled a mere two sacks. That is it. Now, we all know the deal with our guy, Sam. Uh, Four games this regular season and NFL worst, 24 sacks taken. 
Good for a sack percentage of 14.6, worst among all qualified quarterbacks in the NFL. This should not, this cannot be a game in which Sam Howell gets sacked a lot. Something is seriously wrong if Sam gets sacked a bunch in this game. Rhyming key, number one, this for Eric Bieniemy. Turn the passing game loose against this defense of Eberflus. <laughs> Rhyming key for Commanders Bears, number two, this for the Commanders defense. Do not be a unit that yields anything easy to Fields. Uh, it is true that Justin Fields is coming off a big game. He put up big numbers in the Bears' loss to the Broncos last Sunday afternoon, but the overall numbers for Fields this season are not good. Uh, Fields for this regular season is at 28 out of 32 qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in total QBR. Sam Howell is 18th. That said, Justin Fields is an NFL quarterback. He's not totally inept. And the Bears do have some offensive weapons in receivers DJ Moore and Daryl Mooney and tight end Cole Komet. The point is this, don't make things easy. Don't blow assignments. Don't commit dumb penalties. Don't miss tackles. Don't get overzealous. The commander's defense doing well against the Bears offense should not be complicated. The Bears for this regular season are 28 out of 32 NFL teams in total offense per DVOA. The Bears have lost 14 consecutive regular season games going back to last season. The Bears during that losing streak have scored 20 points or less nine times. Let's not overthink this. Uh, The Commanders defense in each of its last two games had major issues in facing two really good quarterbacks in the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, and the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Justin Fields is not Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. Not yet, anyway. But Fields is coming off a good game, and he, of course, can run. Uh, Justin Fields for the 2022 regular season was seventh in the NFL in rushing yards, 1,143. And so, rhyming key for Commander's Bears, number two, this for the Commander's defense, do not be a unit that yields anything easy to Fields. And rhyming key for Commander's Bears, number three. This for the entire Commander's team. The Bears may be at the NFL's bottom floor, but all you need do is look at weeks one through four. (laughs) I told you these rhymes are not good. But the Bears, yes, 0-4, with, yes, the second worst point differential in the NFL, minus 62. This game on Thursday night should be a win for the Commanders. Maybe slash hopefully an easy win, the likes of which we've had way too infrequently over the last 30 years. But this is the NFL. Week-to-week league, any given Sunday or Thursday, you know the cliches. And just look at some of what has happened already this season. Week one, the Buffalo Bills lost at the New York Jets 22-16 in overtime on Monday Night Football, despite the Jets on their fourth offensive snap of the game, losing quarterback Aaron Rodgers to the Toward left Achilles tendon. Uh, week three, our friends, the Dallas Cowboys, lost at the Arizona Cardinals, 28-16. Week four, the Chiefs barely won at the Jets, 23-20 on Sunday Night Football. And there are plenty of other surprising results, or at least surprisingly competitive games that I could bring up. We all know the deal with the NFL. You just never know. The Bears are bad. The Bears, as we heard last segment from Zach Pearson, Bears insider for BearReport.com, co-host of the Bear Report podcast, are in disarray. But 
Are the Bears going to go 0-17? Probably not. They're probably going to win at least a game or two. The Commanders are 2-2, not 4-0. They should assume nothing on Thursday night. And so rhyming key, number three, this for the entire Commanders team. The Bears may be at the NFL's bottom floor, but all you need to do is look at weeks one through four. All right, it is prediction time. The Commanders per Crab Sports minus five and a half. Give me the Manders, okay? If the Manders are who we want them to be, this should be a win, hopefully a decisive win. Final score, Commanders 27, Bears 13. Running back, Brian Robinson Jr., our guy B-Rob, a touchdown run and a touchdown reception. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 672. We'll provide you with more on the commander's in-depth reaction to and analysis of whatever goes down in their game against the Chicago Bears at FedEx Field on Thursday Night Football at 8.15. Also on Friday's show, a special guest, Orioles and MLB writer Dan Conley of SportsNot. Dot com. Uh, Dan has covered the O's for years. We will get you ready for the O's in the 2023 MLB playoffs. And we'll discuss various big picture items with the O's. Uh, game one of their best of five American League Division Series against the Texas Rangers is at Oriole Park at Camden Yards this Saturday afternoon at 1. And I, on Friday's show, will talk college football, including Goldilocks. My college football previews and picks against the spreads, the games that I'll be getting into this week, Maryland at number four, Ohio State, Virginia Tech at number five, Florida State, and Navy home to North Texas. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Not very good.